are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Well, we are, we are delighted tonight to, um, to have a, a friend, a dear friend of Resurgence. Uh, if you've been to Resurgence, you know Karis. Um, she might have and told you to come tonight if you're her friend, because that's, that's what Karis does, and you saw it on social media. But um, I, I've got to know Karis since actually we started Resurgence. She was on our core team, so nine years, and I've um, had the incredible privilege to walk in some amazing um, things that we've seen God do together, but also see her, how she navigates life when, when it's hard, and see her come through the other side of it and the incredible character and integrity that she uh, models and also um, just just leads by. And so uh, I'm really excited. I believe that God's really put a word in her heart, and, um, and, and he's going to move in our hearts tonight through Karis. And Karis, speaking, if, if you know Karis, she, she's the worship leader, but speaking is really new for her. And so this is her second time at Resurgence, and uh, uh, we're... I said, I said, I said, Karis, how should I introduce you? What should I say? She says, some really nice things. I'm like, oh, okay. Make it good. Make it good. Okay, make it good. Uh, was that good? How did I do? Um, to make it even better, I, I want us to, could you extend a hand towards Karis? And we're just going to pray for her. God, I, I just thank you. I thank you for Karis. I thank you for the word that you've put in her. I thank you, God, for her heart. And God, just um, that you're just all over it. God, that she has, has been through the fire and she's been through the trials. And God, just how, how she responds to that. God, that she's continued to say yes to you. She said yes and the incredible cost that she's paid. So God, tonight we, we open up our hearts to receive what you want to do through Karis, your vessel. We thank you for what you're going to do in each one of us. We thank you for, for the joy that, that comes off Karis's life, and we receive that joy tonight. And everybody said? Amen. Oh, man. Okay. First of all, I'm really grateful for this stand because <laughs> it's quite substantial. Like you can lean on it and have like your, I have a really heavy Bible and every time I use a small stand, I'm dropping things and it frazzles me. So thank you, John, for this. On the rock I, sh I shall stand. Um, but honestly, I, I have a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you about that the Lord has been sharing with me and um, I'm not going to lie I hope I make it through. First of all, um, it's, a, it's a privilege to stand here and super humbling actually because I know that each and every one of you guys have powerful lives that, that you constantly are surrendering yourself to the Lord and there's so many moments where I'm just like, man, who am I that I get to hold a microphone? I know that if we were to take time to just like pass every you know, pass the mic around, that we would have something to learn from each other. And so I want to honor you guys. Because you, I mean, man, like, Michael, like, going into that time of ministry, like, you guys were doing it. You were the ministers. You were the one listening to the Father. You were receiving from the Father. 
So I'm going to just quickly pray because I've got a lot of stuff that needs, at least that I would like to share with you. We'll see what the Lord has. But Father, I thank you so much. I pray that tonight that would be like un, like nothing we've ever experienced before. That is my prayer. I pray that this would be a safe place. I pray that every single person that is in this room, Father, I thank you that you see them and that you know them. I thank you that their circumstances are not lost to you and you care very deeply. And so even right now, God, I ask for just the boldness and the courage to just own that. And we welcome your way. This is a new year, and so we welcome your new thing tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I don't know what is going to happen tonight, but I promise you, if I ask you something, can you trust the Lord? Does that sound scary? Don't worry, but just say yes, Karis. Okay. That's half my disclaimer to warm you into the idea that, that God might ask something of you, and I, I want you to be willing to say yes to him, okay? I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> now, um, since, the Lord, since the summer, the Lord has actually been speaking to me about something. Um, expectation. Like what we're going to be talking about today is worship, the heart posture of expectancy. Do you like that PowerPoint slide? I made that. I don't do PowerPoint. You need to be impressed because I got an app and I banged it out, so just appreciate it. Um, this is what I'm going to be talking about, worship, the heart posture of expectancy. And this is something that God has been really talking to me about over the last couple of months. Expectation versus expectancy. Okay. Now, this has come up in very, like, numerous ways, different conversations, numerous people, and usually when something comes up in different forms, in different um, places, that's, for me, myself personally, that's God saying, hey, I want to talk to you about this. This is a subject matter that is important to my heart, and it's important to yours if you want to go. And so I was like, all right, well, let's, Let's figure this out, God. Let's, let's talk this through. Because to me, they kind of seemed like the same thing. So I was like, all right, well, let's spend some time together. So can I share your thoughts? Yes. Oh, and I also like when you talk back to me, like, not with sass, but just like in agreeance and just being like, yes, Karis, that's so good. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'm a, my words of affirmation is one of my high love languages, okay? So like... Just keep that in mind. So st before I start, I'm starting off with this specifically because once we get into um, the main scripture verse, you'll understand why Like I want to build on this. So this is why we're doing this. Now, expectation is very fitting. We are starting in 2018. Who has a word? Did, some, did God give you a word, something to focus on? Yes, a couple of you guys. I'm wearing my key. I, I, I get keys every year for one of my words, and one of them is joy. So I'm wearing my joy key. Last year, one of them was dream, to be able to dream with um, the Lord and have boldness and courage with that. Now, there's something really important about expectation when we all start the year off. We have goals, we have vision statements, words. This is really important because 
And without vision, people perish. And right now, our world needs vision. Can I say that, please? Can I get an amen, please? We need vision. We need hope. We need self-awareness to encourage that growth and that plan of how to actually get there. We can talk lots about, I want to do this, but when we're actually able to say, I want to do this and this is how I'm going to get there, or I'm going to be intentional about these things, I'm going to look for it, you get there faster. Does that make sense? Yeah. In Ephesians 3, verse 17 and 20, it says, God actually talks about, um, we're talking about expectancy. That Christ dwells in our hearts by faith, and if we are grounded to stand firm in love and made complete, that God will accomplish infinitely more than we can ever ask or think of him for his glory. I love that verse. That is full of expectation and anticipation. And the thing that I love even more so about that, it actually shows the character of God. It shows his, his um, affection for you because when it actually says, I'm going to give you infinitely more than what you even ask or think. That basically is saying God knows you, and you don't even have to utter a word. He knows the desires of your heart, and he's going to surpass them. Like, that is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news, I would say. To get your hopes up. We all know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God isn't in that business. He's not. He's in to give you, to heal your heart, to make your heart come alive. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you hope and a future. Thank you, Lord. And he goes further and he says, and if you call on my name, I will listen. And if you seek him wholeheartedly, he'll be found by you. Again, anticipation. In Proverbs 23, verse 18, it says, our hope will not be cut off. Thank you, Lord, that our hope will not be cut off. Yet in Proverbs, good old Proverbs, Proverbs 10, verse uh, 28, it says this, the hope of the righteous is joy. hey but the expectation of the wicked comes to nothing. And I was a little bit confused about this because I'm like, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm expecting you to move, God, and you give me joy, but then you, there's this verse saying the expectation of the wicked comes to nothing. And so what does this mean? Is there a difference between expectation and expectancy? And does this heart posture um, and motive come into play? You see, I kind of think that there might be a difference between these two. That there's like a mindset of, of expectation and a heart posture of expectancy. And this can be applied to any part of our life. Our goals, our careers, our relationships, our dreams, our ministries, our families. But it also comes to God. Let me give you some examples. So mindset of expectation. It, it, it expects a certain outcome to happen. It has to happen a certain way. 
those, it almost looks like a checklist. And it can be, expectations can be put on a person, a situation, on yourself, and even God. Okay? So you got expectation. Let's put expectation over here and expectancy over here. Okay? Don't be offended, guys. Okay? Just, just how it is. Expectancy, having a heart posture of expectancy, expectancy actually hopes. Expectancy has faith. Faith that good will come, and it lets go of the expectations of what that will actually look like. See, it doesn't actually matter how or when or what. It just just matters who promises it and who's going to deliver. Okay? In expectation, this often um, leans to disappointment, frustration, disillusionment, There's this pressure, there could be striving. Expectancy welcomes with faith. It sees through a filter of of joy. It's not the circumstance, it's who's with you in that circumstance. It has a heart posture of thankfulness. It has a posture of of rest, that you can rest assured that it's gonna be okay that you can actually contend with the Father and not strive. Expectations, maybe there's something you have to prove. Maybe it stirs up a little bit of performance. Maybe if you look a little bit deeper, there is an element of of an orphan spirit that is of lack. So you have to do these things. expectancy, you actually have nothing to prove. You just have to be. You just get to hold on to the father and partner with him. You get to be a son and you get to be a daughter. Can you just like feel all the like the windows opening and like getting a catch of breath there? I want to camp out over on the expectancy side. Expectations say, God, I expect that you will do this, and you gave me that word, and I haven't seen it yet. I've done this and this and this for you. Expectancy says, God, I love you, and I don't know how or when, but I know that when it is, that it's going to be for my best interest. The mindset of expectation with an independent and self-centered focus, it has a heart posture of control, fear, anxiety, and mistrust. Expectancy with a dependence on the Lord and a selfless mindset, it has a heart posture of peace, faith, confidence, and certainty. So let me tell you a story of this example. It's actually so funny, Mike, that you're here because you're involved in it. Don't worry. Um, So like years ago, I was in Bible college, and we were going to Abbotsford to do... (laughs) to go to like a conference because God is in conferences and I was just so into it. 
<laughs> Mike was there leading worship, and it was delightful. Um, but I went, with, I went with two of my friends. We, we like, drove all the way out there. And um, as the weekend was going on, you have to understand, like, I grew up going to a Lutheran church. It was so, so coming to something that was a little bit more charismatic and crazy, um, in a good way, <laughs> um, it was different. And I, and I loved that. And, and at, at that time in my life when I was going to um, Baba College, I, I remember just being like so hungry for the Lord that I would go anywhere, do anything, say anything, just to get closer to him. Thankfully, I'm still in that place. Amen. Amen. Um, but I remember being in this situation or this one, this one evening, and it just felt really, really chaotic to me. And I was starting to get a little bit frustrated. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, what is happening? There's so much distraction. I don't understand what's going on. This feels like a waste of time. And I started to turn into this little, like, five-year-old, pouty-faced baby of a curse. (laughs) And I remember going to the back of the room, and I was with my journal, and I was just, like, my inner David was, like, coming in, being like, how long do I have to sing this song, Lord? How long? I'm in this miry clay. (laughs) Lift me up, Lord. This is crazy. I came all this way. And this is what (laughs) I'm... I'm seeing, I'm participating in, I'm like, I'm so, I could have had a better, I could have had a better experience just like in my car with my journal than being all the way over here. I'll own it. I had the worst attitude. The worst attitude. And, and in this, and I can still remember it to this day, in the sweetest of this moment, the Lord spoke to me. And he was like, man looks on the outside, but but I look at your heart, and your heart is sour. You're missing what's right in front of you, and it's me. And even as I say it, it, it literally t- tore me apart. It still tears me apart. That's the last thing that I want to do is, is like miss the Lord. And yet in his, in his kindness, because his kindness leads us to repentance, in this kindness of this gentle rebuke, he, he was showing me and exposing my heart posture and honestly a little bit of immaturity of my faith walk. And he wanted, to me, he wanted me to just make this like slight adjustment from expectation to expectancy. Because I promise you, I had expectations. I'm like, what is going on? I'm supposed to encounter the Lord. (laughs) I had expectations on him and how that was going to look. I had expectations for those around me. Why aren't you praying for me? I need to hear the Father. I had expectations on myself. Why am I not falling down like everybody else? (laughs) Just being real. (laughs) I was like, what's it like? I was, I had, there was so much pressure. There were so much elements of like needing to perform. It was disgusting. And the Lord, you miss it all. You are missing it all. Babe, you're missing it. I had a chance to look at him with, with different eyes. Eyes that had hope 
and faith and wonder. God wants to give you that same opportunity, specifically tonight, before this year. Do you see what I see, says the Lord? Do you see what he sees? Are you looking and are you asking? God wants to talk with us tonight about the heart posture of worship and expectancy. Now, I didn't really want to talk about worship, to be honest. <laughs> it's kind of like the cliche thing to do as a worship leader. Oh, Karis is speaking? Oh, it's going to probably be about worship. And I'm like, no, God, I want to do something like cool and talk about something else. <laughs> Travis, was, Travis last month was talking about like, no, don't give me Paul and Silas. I want like a cool scripture verse to talk about. There's this like element of like needing to impress you, which I don't. <laughs> but I felt, I was like, what? No, like something else. I don't want to put this like box on my head and define myself only in this way that I only hear God that way. But then the Lord was like, but Karis, but you understand it. You get it. It's your life. If anything, you should be really excited to talk about worship. And I was like, touche. You're right. <laughs> God, when? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, fine. I kind of like waved my, my flag of surrender and agreed that I would talk about worship. And then, and then he started showing me you guys. He started showing me the, the heart of resurgence in the people that are sitting in this room. We've been talking so much about breakthrough. We've been talking so much about joy. We've been talking a lot about worship. That was referenced last, um, last week or last month. Who's been to Sanctuary? Yeah, Sanctuary. Come on, it's on Tuesday. Not that this is a plug, but... Um, sanctuary, we started doing like acoustic nights of worship just because to grow in that, that language of the Lord. You guys are all welcome. McKern and Baptist. We started talking about come plus union, communion, just the same as there was community, a five-week class about redefining what worship actually is and growing and learning in this. There is something that is happening in the atmosphere and in the place of, of our community. And I can't escape it because I'd probably say in the last mm, 15 to 20 years, there has been this like draw for worship in a different way. Would you agree? That, I mean, I, I remember growing up um, in the, the days of my youth. <laughs> Uh, and um, and I remember like the stuff that I would listen to were like all these like older bands and like Christian artists and I'm not gonna name any of them because I'll expose myself even though it's all about vulnerability audio a <laughs> just kidding but not really I started that was like what we were listening to but over the over the years there's been this like this pull and this this draw to to have like worship experiences and not only just like individually like on their on your own but together because that's well that's heaven first of all so I could see how that upward trend was happening <laughs> 
But I can tell you that in my experience, there's been times growing up um, as like a worship leader where I've literally had no idea what I was doing. Besides just like trial and error and get on your face and be like, oh Jesus, I need you. Which is a good place to be anyways, but um, I think the reason why tonight God wants to talk about worship is because we understand who is worthy of worship. We understand why. But I, I'm, I'm curious as to how we can grow in the understanding of like how does that look? Like when does these things happen? And like what, like what happens when we actually do worship? Because you can have your typical, I'm gonna sing five songs, two will be really fast, and we'll slow into something a little bit more, like in between where we're like gonna land in the pocket of intimacy. There's, way, there's ways. I'm <laughs> and then you're like, okay, once we've got there, then the good stuff comes, it's a sermon, and we, make on our, we, we go on our happy way. But now I feel like there's something a little bit more that we need to be thinking about. We actually have to understand what do we have in the axis of the Father. I don't want to just sing something for the sake of singing it. We've got way better things to be doing. Fact, one degree different when flying an airplane can totally shift the location of one's direction. And I love this, I love this like example because it basically, um, it can be applied to any aspect of your life. If you're driving in your car and you take your own wrong street, well, you're probably not gonna get where you need to go. But it also applies to worship. How many of you guys have had um, times in a worship service or something where you've set aside time to just be with the Lord um, and it feels like he's a million miles away? No shame. And then what about in, a, in a, like a blip second or maybe something was said or maybe it was even just a completely different situation or time and place, but all of a sudden he felt like he was closer than you could even breathe? Psalm 22.3 says that he actually lives and dwells in our praises. That's like such a uh, mystery to me, and, and honestly, it's a miracle. Because the one who we worship, he's actually done everything physically possible to come as close to us as he can get. With making us have to say, hey, I want to grab your hand. I want you guys to close your eyes. This is a moment. Close your eyes. He is the one who has done everything possible to get as close to us in our circumstances. And all we need to do is open our eyes and our heart and to see him right in front of us. And so, Lord, right now, as we close our eyes, Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you would show us exactly where you are in this moment. Jesus, maybe you have something to say. God, which part of the Trinity wants to meet with you right now? For me, I see the Father 
and his arms are wide open and he's got the biggest smile on his face. And I hear him laughing with joy and excitement. And I hear him saying to you, I see you, do you see me? Welcome back home, I've prepared a place for you. I see it, do you see it? God, we turn our hearts back to you. With one little position, we can, we can get exactly where we need to go with you. Father, I pray that tonight that we wanna have ears to hear you and eyes to see you in a heart that knows you. We want more of you. Yeah, Graham Cook is a guy that has really great quotes and really great books and um, I follow him on Facebook. But I happened to find um, this one little blip that he had said and I was just like, that's so good and I wanted to share it with you. It says, we owe it to Jesus to get our hopes up. We owe it to him, we owe it to Jesus to at least be curious and have a sense of wonder about our situations. For it's better to have a sense of wonder than a sense of dread. Oh man, I, I don't know, that was like, yep. Your current life circumstances are designed to connect you with God's confidence in himself. Let me say that part again, because this is important. Your current life circumstances are designed to connect you to God's confidence in himself. See, basically everything that we go through is an opportunity for the Lord to, like, to grab his hand, to bridge it from heaven to earth, to partner and to have a covenant with the Lord because we're not meant to do stuff alone. Say thank you, Jesus. And this is, this is a beautiful life that we, can, that we can live. You see, worship is, is more, more than what we just sing. We talk about how it's, it's a life that we live, right? It's a heart. Is that me doing this? No? Mm. Um, worship is more, is more than just our song, but I want, I want to be specifically talking to you guys about our song. Because when we worship him, we find him. If, that, if it's saying that God really dwells in the praises of his people, that when we call on his name, he will be found. At the advance in November, we were talking about how God wants us to take, to take us deeper, to have this, this in, that intimacy call, comes at a cost. This is something that the Western um, world has a hard time with. I'm not one to like point fingers, but I've just been really convicted about how um, how first world problems I have. How many first world problems? And that's not like a guilt thing, that's like a conviction thing. You have all these people that are in all of these other places that that are literally fighting for their lives to even say the name Jesus. Literally fighting for their lives. Living a life of secrecy. And yet we are in this place where we have the, the privilege to call on his name. I can say, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I 
we have the privilege to testify without condemnation. Yeah, we have our things. But am I, am I letting this, like, this fruit spoil? I want people to taste and see that he is good. We have so much to praise God for, and there's power in our song. When we live out our life with a heart posture of, for your glory, Lord, God's power is released. It's life-changing. You see miracles. You see breakthrough. You see battles won. You see the enemy stopped. You see people's lives changed. You see people being drawn to him. And all of this happens with a choice to accept God's invitation to sit at his table, to worship him, to partake, to have communion with Jesus, to eat the bread and drink the wine and to remember. Your, your worship and praise shifts atmosphere, my friends. I want to tell you that because I've seen it from this stage. I've felt it in my spirit. There's power in your song. There's power in your story. I'm pretty sure you get it, but how much do you want it? I feel like I'm being bossy. I think you guys get it, but how much do you really want it? How much are you desperate for it? To be hungry and thirsty, freedom reigns in this place. When everything else is falling to pieces, how desperate are you to call on the name of the Lord? It's pretty easy to live a, a, a day in our world and not have to call on the name of the Lord. That's a choice. And yet it says in Psalms that if we enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise, it's pretty much saying if we, if we have a heart posture of thankfulness and thanksgiving and we, we start worshiping, we are literally like walking into heaven. When we start worshiping and having a heart posture of gratitude, we are basically pulling heaven down to where we are at. Come on. The very words that Jesus taught us to pray. His kingdom come and his will be done on earth. <laughs> that was me doing the finger bobby thing, but it didn't really work. On earth as it is in heaven. And yet with like one, one heart posture of shift and with one choice to sing a song and to love him and to invite him in, we are literally welcoming heaven into our atmosphere. We are, we are literally changing things in the spiritual and also in the spirit, oh, in the natural <laughs> and also in the spiritual. That's revival. That is revival. That's what we want. I want that. I want hearts to be changed. I've been wrecked prepping for this. I was in remedy. Luck luckily, I was in the back of a, in the, tucked in the corner. <laughs> but as I was writing some of this and just thinking about you guys, I literally started to cry. I felt the presence of the Lord being like, oh my goodness, don't you even know what you have? 
Our lives have been changed. Has your life been changed? Situations changed. Nations will be changed. That is what we're praying for. And as a community, we have the ability and privilege to welcome Holy Spirit into our daily lives and circumstances, to open up doors with our worship so that God can release his ministering angels to fight on our behalf. Think about Joshua and and the walls of Jericho. They literally walked around and around and around, and when they blew, blew, blown, blew, when the trumpet was blown, <laughs> toot, toot, when they, when the trumpet did what it was supposed to do, <laughs> it was actually cool. That trumpet, there was this element and a, a use of it to use it for war, but it was also that time and that season, God was very aware of what was going on in the culture because in that time and season, it was also the year of Jubilee. Oh, so all of a sudden there you have them using this shofar or this trumpet to to summon a a, a sound of, of victory and rejoicing because they didn't have to do any of it. The Lord did. Come on. God wants to partner with us to pull down heaven in our everyday moments. So do you feel the expectancy of possibility? Do you feel it? Or do we need to remind ourselves? Both places are okay to be. You see, God is about intimacy. He's about relationship. He is about connection. I don't know if you guys um, were paying attention. I think some of you were, but... um, via social media, there was this, this family from Bethel Music, and his name was Joel Taylor, and his son was like super, super sick with this, this kind of this mystery sickness. And people from all over the world were just like drawn to it. I know for myself personally, I was like waking up praying for their little boy, called, and his name was Jackson. And, and there was this one, um, this one post that he had said, and he was just, he was talking about how in the midst of all of these things that were happening, um, the community started sort to surround them and to like sing worship over Jacks. And then they would meet on top of that, they would, they would meet every night and they would, they would pray and they would worship God, thanking him in advance for like Jack's healing. And, and I, there was something within me that was just so drawn to that. There was this faith that was being kind of like stirred and being like, yes, there is power in our praise. Yes, there is. Like this is, this is used as a weapon right now, saying no, death has no sting. And uh, he, he just happened to say in this one thing, he's like creating an atmosphere of worship is creating an atmosphere for God's presence. And creating an atmosphere for God's presence is creating an atmosphere for miracles. I want to tell you that 2018 will be a stepping through season. 2018 will be a stepping through season, and I'm speaking this to you prophetically. Your breakthrough is coming. The hourglass has been turned, and that's not because the time has run out. It's because now every grain of sand is going to be a dream that is going to come, pa- come to pass. This is a vision that I was like, when I was praying for this, and I sought for Tara, and I realized it wasn't just for Tara, it was for us. The glass is being turned, and every sand that goes through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. 
with miracles from Jesus. <laughs> I, I regret that. I'm sorry. The hourglass has been turned, and each grain, each dream that you have placed, that you have felt that have come, got like wasted away, he's like, no, 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 it's just beginning. And the storehouses are full and overflowing, and it's time to feast. Woo! Yes! Stand up, please. Do this. Stand up. And I want you to just like receive this, because that was a word from the Lord. Sometimes we have to change our heart posture. Sometimes we just have to get out of our butt and say, I acknowledge that there's something, there's something different here, okay? God is looking for his burning ones. And I know that he's found them here. He's told me. In this room, we are burning. Some of you are ablaze and some of you are embers, but we all are on fire. And tonight is a moment that you can, with a posture of your heart, turn just the same as a log to a f- log, like when, you, when it's like only can get so much, and you have to turn it a little bit so that it catches a flame. Do you know what I'm talking about? Any campers? Come on, guys. Yes. You were all on fire for the Lord, and he sees it. We are alive and active in the presence of the Lord. And God, we want to reposition ourselves to burn brighter for your glory. For my friends, you are sons and daughters. He sees you as sons and daughters. He sees you as mothers and fathers. The seasons are changing. The seasons are changing. In this room, there are pastors, there are teachers, there's evangelists, there's the prophetic. He sees it all, and in this room, We have been searched out for. The eyes of the Lord are searching, and he has found you. That's like one of my favorite verses. I'm always like, Lord, search me. I'm like jumping up on a trampoline with like bright hair, being like, woo, I'm over here. Find me, Lord. And he sees you, and he knows you, and he calls you out by name. And he's calling you out this season. He's calling you out. And this is what the Lord says to you. He says, you are setting a new standard. You are setting a new normal. The world is going to watch you and the nations will change for they are seeing you set the standard higher. Father, we say yes to those things. We say yes to those things. Father, we are called to release the kingdom of your glory to proclaim truth and freedom to the captives. We are going to own it this year. See, you are called to be worshipers who love him in spirit and in truth, and nations will be healed. That's prophetically a part of our Canada DNA, that the nations will be healed because there's healing in our leaves. Nations will be healed and reconciled and restored through your song. I, I receive that. You guys can sit. Lord, let that, let that plant, let plant deep into our hearts, God. 
Mark 11, verse 23, Jesus is talking. He says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass and it will be done for him. In your worship, there is power to move the heart of the Father and the power to move mountains in your lives to change circumstances, to change perspectives, and to change attitudes. How many of you have had a, like, a, like a really bad day and you're just like, this is the worst, and then all of a sudden, you're listening to Shine and, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Whatever your favorite choice of word, words of music is, and then, and then you're just like, oh, this is actually the, like God, this is the best day ever. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> Worship changes things. <laughs> this is the day. Just kidding. <laughs> but I, I, love, I love this visual. Because like in no way could this actually happen in the natural to physically like toss a mountain. I can't even skip a rock. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's a good day if I can get it to like go past one. <laughs> and yet, and yet it's, he, Jesus is basically saying, hey, all things are possible with me. Like I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna toss that mountain of opposition as if nothing like could ever hold me back from it. Guys, we have full access pass to something that's so powerful and so strong. Laura, you're doing so good with the, the cues. Isn't Laura doing amazing? Thanks, Laura, for doing PowerPoint. Conviction in worship has a sound wave. Faith in worship has a frequency. Boldness in worship has a weightiness to usher in our breakthrough. See, worship is our best defense and tool to overcome. Worship is our battle cry. Now, I was looking up the definition of battle cry. <laughs> Crystal's into that. <laughs> to battle cry is a word or a phrase shouted by soldiers going into battle to express solidarity and in intimidate the enemy. Now, worship and warfare, I, um, I'm kind of like the person that would say, oh, let's make love and not war. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't feel like I'm the aggressive one that's like wielding swords and slaying things with sharp objects. But that's the beauty of, of identity and knowing who you are because because for me, I know one of my weapons is joy. But worship and warfare actually go really well together. And it, and it got me thinking. Back in the Bible, there was tons of references of when like musicians would actually go before the battle and prepare the way. Now, I always remember when I first heard that, I was like, crap, that really sucks. Like, You don't want to be at the front of the line. <laughs> you want to be like... The guy with the bow and arrow, like far away in the distance. Just have precision aim, get it done, stay safe. 
And yet, like, there's so much within the Bible where it talks about the musicians going forward, preparing the way. Michael and the team did that tonight. We started having ministry, ministry before I even had a chance to speak. I'm like, perfect, that's what I wanted. Keep going. <laughs> and so, like, we can see that in all these different things. I talked about Jericho, Paul and Silas in the chains, David and Goliath. Now, not all of this warfare is physically like we're going to, like, knock this out. It's not just physical. It's also in the spiritual. David and Solomon, King Solomon. Solomon would actually call on David to come and to play worship, to, to love the Lord. And, and evil, um, like, tormenting spirits would leave him because the power and the heart posture of David And we have Jehoshaphat, which we're going to talk about afterwards. But even to this day, I was thinking about this, and there's such a strong connection. Even, like, back in, in World War I and World War II, there was this high influx of, like, anthem songs. There'd be, there'd be times where if it was the midst of the holidays, they would literally fly, like, <laughs> fly entertainment or singer-songwriter or whatever, they would come and they would take a moment to just start singing. And, it, and I was like, why? Why would they do that? And, and it, it helped them to remind the soldiers of what they were fighting for and what to not lose hope for. I'll be home for Christmas, the wrong that you can count on me. I'm coming home even though I know what this is, where I'm at right now, but I'm going to come home. There's keeping a hope alive. See, music, okay, music, I'm not talking about worship right now, music, it unifies in regardless of the cause. How many have been to, like, an epic concert where, like, there's just, like, this moment where there's not even words, and the music is just playing, and you're literally having a spiritual experience? Yes, <laughs> I have. Um... See, there's a draw to the heart through melodies. There's this, this heart connection because ultimately that's what we're created for. Whether you put that face of Christ or not, we are created to be drawn to something bigger than ourselves. We all have our anthem songs. I bet you tonight some of you were like, being like, I got a feeling Resurgence gonna be a good night. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe that was just me. <laughs> or like, this is my fight song. Don't know the rest of the words. But I'm gonna see if there's two different ones. You're gonna hear me roar. Uh uh uh. <laughs> in the natural we all find our anthems we all find these things that that um that empower us that can encourage us that that self-soothe us maybe maybe you have like when you're sad you just listen to a certain cd and you're like oh i feel so much better but eventually that fades away and this is nothing to do i'm not here to bash like <laughs> secular music trust me i have bieber in my car 
<laughs> okay? That's not my point here. But eventually, that all fades away. And tonight is going to be a good night, but tomorrow's a really early morning. <laughs> the melodies disappear and the rhythms skip a beat and everything stops. And we still end up in that same place, um, in internally looking and seeking for the longevity of a truth. Looking for something that lasts longer than a perfect formula of a pop song. <laughs> something that is beyond time or generation, something that is beyond a season or a circumstance, something that is outside of ourselves. And my friends, that's an eternity song. That's something that we were ultimately created for, to worship and to call on the name of the Lord. To pour ourselves out before the king like Mary did with her perfume. And, the, and both wor worship and music, they still have the same bones, but it's just that small adjustment of focus. From something that's internal and self-soothing to something that's more spiritual and self-awareness of who our comforter is. Just like in the war, we have our own battle cries reminding us of what we are living for and who is fighting for us, right? There's power in our words. James talks about it. He talks about life and death within the power of our tongue. And I can't help but think about just as David came, his, his greatest weapon, I would say, was intimacy. His greatest weapon was intimacy, and he also just used the tools that he had he had five stones, and he had his sling and, his, and all of his, his shepherd gear. And so I want to kind of propose to you, what are the songs? If songs are like stones, what are those weapons that are, you are using to slay the giants of your life with? I'm no longer a slave to fear, because I am a child of God. Maybe it's, you make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out upon the shore into the waves. Speaking life, speaking hope. So take courage, my heart, stay steadfast, my soul, you're in the waiting. There's something different. There's something powerful. You guys have something that is so powerful. Because it calls us back home. It realigns us. It reminds us that we have Jesus. And prophetically, you start declaring into the atmosphere. And things change. It starts feeding your spirit, man. We don't have time for the... The, the physical stuff. We don't have time for the soulish things, but we, we need to feed our spirit, man. For the sake of the world, we need to feed that spirit, man. When we gain, oh my goodness, we gain clarity and breakthrough as we realign ourselves with our original purpose. When we choose to look up and to seek wisdom and counsel from God, he takes us to a higher place so that we can gain heavenly perspective, insight, and strategy. 
We can learn from this in Second Chronicles 20. I realize that this is getting late, so I'm going to do this really, really um, fast, but effectively. <laughs> so I want to. I want you to. I want to introduce you to Jehoshaphat. He's so fat. Do you remember, like, <laughs> as a kid? No. <laughs> like pH fat. Otherwise, <laughs> that's rude. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a summary. Now, the things that I have on that screen, humility, obedience, trust, and intimacy. Those are the heart postures that Jehoshaphat really, really um, embodied in this story. And, and as we go through it just quickly, I want you to start thinking, God, how can I apply those postures in my own life in 2018? Okay? I'm giving you homework. So now Jehoshaphat, he was, um, he was the king of Judah. He was 35 years old. I'm 35. So if you want to call me majesty, you can. I'll answer. But, but Jehoshaphat, basically, he came from the line of David. So he found himself in Judah. Now Judah was one of the tribes, the 12 tribes. And it was actually known, they were known and set apart as a people of praise. Okay, so that's really important to know here. And on further, just on a side note, for this one's for you guys, because eventually, like, Jesus came from the line of David, Jesus doesn't stop because he's still alive, which means that you are, you are in that same birthright. That is part of your mandate, to be a people of praise. I'm into that. I'm into that. Now, his dad was was not so much um, one for for the Lord and just made a lot of like poor decisions. And when when Jehoshaphat actually got to a part of being king, um, he was kind of dealing with the consequences of all of what was happening at that time. And and he ends up finding when we find ourselves in um, chapter twenty, he finds out that there's these three camps of people that are actually out to like get them. <laughs> Now, I don't know if, like, one opposition is enough, but you throw in three, I'm like, come on. <laughs> I would rather not. I know good things come in threes or whatever that saying is, but this is not a situation where I would welcome that. And King Jehoshaphat doesn't, and he, and he freaks out. And in verse um, 3 and 4, he basically says, it alarmed Jehoshaphat solved and resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the people of Judah came together and to seek help from the Lord. And they came from every town to seek him. So basically, the first thing, humility. Jehoshaphat is this king. He's got an ego. He's got responsibility. He's in charge of people. The last thing that you would want a fearless leader to be doing and saying is, I don't know what to do. But yet, there was this heart posture of humility, knowing that he needed to call on the Lord because only he could save him and his people. Where are those moments in your life where humility needs to be at the all-time high? To say, I actually don't have this together. The second thing that I love about that is that it talks about how we needed each other. He called all of Judah and all of Jerusalem. You see, when one person is under attack, 
that affects the body. When something is going wrong with one of us, that should affect us. It needs to affect us to be healthy. If you, if you had a sliver, I as a hairdresser, I have hair slivers, they're the worst. If I was completely unaware of, of having something foreign poking into my flesh, I'd be impressed. You can feel it. It's an agitation. I'm not able to function in the way that I should, so should we be in that place, fully aware of what is going on in our, in our community and willing to fast and pray and ask, Lord, come on, Jesus, like, what do, what do we need? So they continue. Jehoshaphat then calls all of, all these people, they gather in the, the temple, and Jehoshaphat basically, how many times can I say Jehoshaphat? <laughs> he, he calls everybody in, and he starts basically saying to the Lord, here's the deal. This is who you are. Then he starts talking about this is who um, this is all the things that you've done throughout the generations. This is where I'm at. <laughs> Help me come. All of these people are against me. And then the fourth thing was, I don't know what to do. It actually says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's a pretty good life application. That's a standard actual example and a teaching tool that we have to acknowledge who God is and thank him for what he's done to say, hey, this is where I'm at and I need you. Powerful. He knows where it's at. And so he, and then they wait. They stand there. It says, um, do, do, do. in 13, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood before their Lord and they waited. That's important. <laughs> I know I've been guilty to that where I've been like, hey, this is the deal. And then, like, I blink, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so they waited. As a family, they waited. And then the Spirit comes and starts talking to them. And then basically in 15, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. And in 17, it says, you will not have to fight this battle, but take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, go and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. That's like a high need of trust. Like, do you notice how the Lord says, don't run away? Like, easily he could be like, no, 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 like, it's okay, you stay here. <laughs> he says, I want you to face your enemy so that you can see me defeat them. That you would have confidence in your confidant. So he does exactly the same thing. And the whole time, Jehoshaphat's posture is worship. So once all this stuff has been given to him, he says that he bowed with his face to the ground, that all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and they worshiped the Lord. And then some stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And early in the morning, they left for the desert, 
and they set out, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of, of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and he will, or for you will be upheld. I love how even in that aspect, he's saying, how, how many times can you get a word one moment, and the next day that's a new day, and you're just like, I don't even know if that was God. Or you start doubting things. Satan wants nothing more, the enemy wants nothing more than to create that wedge of doubt for you to question who God is and the things that he's promised you. And yet Jehoshaphat, in that intimacy that he had with the Lord, he, he knew, let's just, let's just remember, yes, these are our circumstances, but God is faithful. And not only is he faithful, we are going to worship him. So in 21, it says, after consulting all the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out ahead of the army, hello, (laughs) they were singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men. See, worship actually confuses the enemy. It, it stifles the airway of communication. It, it makes things muddled. And it got to the point where literally the enemy took themselves out. Do you guys have moments like that where you need to start worshiping the Lord so that the em- enemy gets just taken out? I do. I have some right now. At the end of all of this, once the, once the enemy has been taken out, there's so much like sp- um, wealth and all of the spoils of this war. There's so much for um, Jehoshaphat and his men to take that it actually takes them three days to gather all of this stuff. Three days, that's a lot of, like, I don't know how big this valley was. I don't know how many, like, the army was. But that's a lot of stuff to be like, wow, this is like, I'm reaping the benefit of a thought that I've never had to lift a finger for. I just needed to lift my voice. That shows the generosity in the heart of the Father. That not only will he fight for you, but that he's got a warehouse of things that you reap the benefits When it was all said and done, they took all this stuff and they gave it back to the Lord. They didn't have to, it was theirs to have. He gave it to them, but they gave it back to the Father. They went back to the temple and they continued to worship. And the whole story, guys, if you were to go through it, is just this constant melody and love song of obedience, of trust, of humility, and intimacy. Can I have the band? That's so weird. Usually I'm like, I'm here already. <laughs> Can we have the band? I 
I really felt that, that tonight was going to be an opportunity for us to really respond. Because you see, I can tell you all, these all of these things and it can be mind-blowing, but I want, I want there to be a spirit connection for you guys. When he reveals, we have to respond. Because then we're not truly being activated in it. Does that make sense? I want you even right now, why don't you, why don't you stand? Join us. I really feel that tonight that if you choose to accept that there is going to be a, a breakthrough for you tonight. This isn't cliche, this isn't verbiage, this isn't trendy. This is just a promise that the Lord wants to give you. Out of those four, which one connects with your heart? Saying, okay God, I, I, want to, I want to learn and I want to grow this year in 2018, that my heart posture of expectancy would shift. I feel like I, I want to give you tools. I want you to have something to aim for. I want you to have a word. Maybe it's humility. Maybe it's this element that you have to lay something down and surrender. Maybe it's, maybe it's this element of being like, wow, I have this pride um, that I can do this on my own. And maybe you've had to, just to stay <laughs> sane. But I feel like the Father is calling out to you, saying, please lay it down. Please lay it down. Let go of your ego. And that independence, and come to me. Maybe your word is obedience. Maybe it's this need to have a, a quicker yes. That this year would be a year that you would not doubt the Father and the words that he has spoken to you. The words that have been spoken over your generation, your fathers, your mothers. To hold hope to the, the future of your, your children and your children's children. That you would have a full confidence and who God is and what he has for you. Maybe that's your word. Or maybe your word is trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Maybe this year you need to find courage to allow yourself to have faith, to let go of those fears and those lies that are holding you back from fully crossing over into the promised land. Fully crossing over. There's some of you, of you in this room tonight that have literally been traveling in a circle for 40 years. And God has provided, he has given you things to sustain you, but it's time to cross over. It is time to cross over. Would you let go of those fears and trust the name of the Lord? Maybe your word is intimacy. We are created to be known and we have been created to be seen. 
Maybe 2018 is the time that you need to embrace vulnerability. To not fight anymore from the thing that you long for so much. Maybe that's intentionality. Maybe that's taking a risk. Maybe that the words would not just be words, but there would be follow through. Just right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and you would just start speaking to us. What do you want for this year? We acknowledge you and your kingship. We acknowledge you and everything that you are. And we trust you. King of kings, we trust you. Thank you for the gift that you have given us. Thank you that you've called us to step out. I don't know, guys, if, 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 if you need to come and you need to come to the altar, I just I want to encourage you. This is a moment where God's going to encounter you. This is a holy place. Are you going to fight for it? Are you going to agree with the invitation? God, we want to encounter you. We want to grow in the things that you have for us. We want to say yes to those things, Father. That today would be a, the night that would never cha- that would change the, the prospect of, of the rest of this year, the rest of our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We worship you. We acknowledge you. We call to you. Would you have your way, O oh God? We have your way, O oh God. Your pockets are so full, the Lord is giving you so much. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way, God. You reveal and you respond, Jesus. You reveal and we respond, Jesus. We wait for you. The thing about maturity, guys, is that, that eventually we have to, we have got to do it ourselves. I like when my mom does my laundry. <laughs> it's nice when I don't have to cook a meal. But the Lord is calling us from sons and daughters to mothers and fathers. What are the things that you're going to fight for? Hey. Faith arise, let faith arise, we lift our eyes to the one, we lift our eyes to the one, we lift our eyes to your son, God. Hey, we lift our eyes to the prize, it's your son. Ooh. 
we're hungry and we're thirsty. We're hungry and we're thirsty. Oh. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.